The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! Facebook is so incredibly slow today. Oh, I was like, what's that? It's like ridiculous. <laughs> of course, it doesn't help that I have 30 things open. Yeah, that definitely is not. Oh. All right, posted. Oh, yeah, when is that Melvin Taylor show? Let's look that up. Oh, yeah. I know what's coming up. have it on my schedule. Uh-oh. Hope we didn't miss it. Maybe nope. I could find it on his page. Mind just a little. It's driving me out of my mind. You know how many emails I get from people saying, please don't sing? Oh. <laughs> At least like five a week. Oh, that's harsh, people. It's pretty harsh. See, I didn't try to go too high. That's where I go wrong. Try to go too high, and then that's a problem. Is this it? And Mel is like one of the luckiest guys in the world because he's married to a ginger. I admire any guy that can bag a redhead. That's like the golden ring. At least for me it is. I mean, hey, it's good to have goals, right? Right. <laughs> I want to marry every redhead that I meet. I swear to God I do. I don't care if they're fat. I don't care if they're 80 years old. I meet a redhead and I'm just, my brain just snaps. It's like liberals when they hear Donald Trump, their brain just snaps. I'm the same way when I see a redhead. There you go. Look out, redheads. I can't find it on his page. I don't get it. All right. Well, oh, there it is. How about that? All right. All right. I guess we'll get this show on the road. All right. All right. Hi. How are you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan. with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop. Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Got a bunch of things I want to talk about today. I got one... One big topic we're going to talk about in a few minutes, but I want to just jump around a little bit and get some stuff done. Um, I want to uh, let's thank our sponsors first. Let's get that list. That list is actually growing. I've got room for one more sponsor, and I really shouldn't because when you hear this list, it's it's, it's a pretty long list. It is. Um, but uh, but we but I want I want to try and get one. It'd be nice if I could actually make money on the show. Hey. Like the sponsors that we get actually kind of pay for the bills, but yeah. it, it would be nice if I actually made a couple of bucks. So if I get one more sponsor, I'd actually like so I'd actually make some money. That would be nice. 
Because um, I really kind of work for free. Honestly, I work for free. Somebody said to me in the mayor's office yesterday, we were talking about an issue, and he said, yeah, but you know, you're only doing this to make money. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, I made $31,000 last year. Every penny I make goes back into my newspaper. I'm not doing this to make money. That's one of the reasons I'm still single. Because women don't like guys that are poor. (laughs) Women want guys that can spend money on them. And, you know, all my money goes back into my newspaper because I want to keep my newspaper going. Um, All right. So, uh, sponsors. McLennan Real Estate, Century 21. Marseille and Son Construction, the Zany Pesci Law Office. Zany Pesci Law Office, they they do personal injury and they do bankruptcy. And there's a lot of people right now kind of considering bankruptcy. And I was talking to Vinny the other day, and he said, Tom, you know, I know you've got some debt that you've accrued during, like, COVID and stuff. You want to think about, like, declaring bankruptcy? And I said, yeah, but I don't want to screw up my credit. He goes, no, there's two different types of bankruptcy. There's the bankruptcy where you don't pay your bills, and then you're absolved from them. Then there's the other kind of bankruptcy where it kind of pushes it, del- it pushes off your bills so that you can kind of keep operating, but you don't have to pay on your debt, like, for a while. Like, you can push it off. And so he's trying to get me to do that. And I may at some point do it, but right now I don't feel like I have to. And I, I don't like to do those kinds of things unless I have to. So right, right now we're doing okay, and I don't want to do it while we're doing okay. I want to do it like when we're not doing okay. You know, I don't want to use that rainy day stuff now and then have a rainy day come later on and not be able to use it. Yeah. Marsan and Son Construction. And by the way, Ronnie Marsan sponsored, like, like he always does, the Fishing Derby in Methuen a couple of weeks ago. He's not running for anything. He's a former counselor. And, and he, he continues, even when he's not like running for office or holding office, he continues doing things for the community. So we love Ronnie and Diana. We, we really do. EIS, investigation and gun training. They also do security if you have a business. And there's a lot of pot shops that are popping up all over Massachusetts. And part of state law is that they have to have on-site security uh, at all these pot shops. So if you're, if you, if you're one of the pot shops in, in Massachusetts, you ought to think about using EIS for your security. Borelli's Deli. So let's pull up that Borelli's Deli. This is, um, you know, I should, you know, I should have had it ready. But Diablo. I, it is here. It is here. Here it is. This is the chicken Diablo sandwich. Now I asked them if they could send me Friday's um, sandwich of the day because by the oh, time we go yeah. on the air at two, you've only got an hour to get there. They only serve this till three o'clock. This is the Diablo sandwich. So next week we're going to have Friday's sandwich of the day to promote. So that you actually have time the next day to go on, to go on again. But this actually looks really good. Now, if I can get there after the show, I will. Uh, but I do have to go meet uh, someone else. We'll talk about it in a second. So this is a chicken Diablo sandwich. It's crispy chicken cutlets, provolone, Italian slaw. I, I assume that means Italian coleslaw. They're just kind of shortening that. I don't yeah, know. I'd say so. I'm not, a, not a, I'm not a chef, so I don't know. And spicy sauce. That's available. Oh, that's available today till 4. All right. So you got a little time today. Nice. Available till 4. So you might want to go down to Borelli's Deli and... While you're there, ask for the Valley Patriot hot sausage. I got to tell you, I use that now for everything. I go and I get the, the Valley Patriot hot sausage, and I put it, I make it use it for sandwiches. I put it in with my spaghetti sauce. I'm actually like using it with my, with my, um, my omelets in the morning when I make breakfast, which to me is usually like around one in the afternoon. Um, but, I'm, but I'm using it now for everything because it's so, so good. Hmm. Uh, we also want to thank, get back to this list. Uh, Tomo and Shaken Seafood. And if you go to Tomo's, try the kamikaze roll. Oh, my God. I order one, I, us, I used to order a kamikaze roll, then a meal. And then by the time the meal came, I just wanted another kamikaze. So now when I go, I order two kamikazes. My friends order meals. And then if I'm still hungry like an hour later while we're still talking, I'll order something else. But you got to try the if it, And by the way, everybody thinks that sushi is uncooked fish. It's not. 
Some sushi is cooked, and the kamikaze is cooked. So you want to you want to go in and you want to try that. Uh, also, the uh, Mercurio Law Office, AFC Urgent Care, and Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Let me tell you about these two. So AFC Urgent Care and Dave Id Consoli, who I had lunch with yesterday. Uh, oh shit, I wasn't supposed to say that. Sorry, Dave. Dave Id. Um, AFC Urgent Care. So they were both at the Bash this year, and I always talk about this at Bash time about how great it is to get people in a room who normally wouldn't cross paths. And Dave Id Consoli gave all of his information to Lisa Williams. Like in between one of the scholarship things, they started chatting and he gave all his information to Lisa because AFC is now doing physicals for uh, DOT physicals. If you want to drive a truck, if you, if you need like a DOT license mm-hmm. to drive like a truck or a backhoe or something to do construction or landscaping. Um, and sometimes you have to even do like a drug test. So AFC is now offering that. And Dave Id Consoli went over to her and said, hey, you know, I own Pleasant Valley Landscaping and we'd love to use you because you're helping with scholarships and everybody's kind of helping each other. So they're actually going to be doing business together. She's going to be doing the DOT um, uh, physicals for Pleasant Valley Landscaping. So I love that. To me, that's like the only thing better than that is when I walk in somewhere and somebody's reading my paper. That's like my biggest charge. But my second biggest charge is when we get two really good people to do business together and have them help each other through us. That's that's the best for me. Um, also want to thank our new sponsors, Stacks in Haverhill, um, which we're going to be going to this weekend. I promised last weekend I would do it, but we got super busy, so this weekend we're going to go. Part 28, which we're also going to try to go this weekend. And Part 28 is one of those, if you've been to the Clatter in Lawrence, um, Brian put in uh, one of those virtual uh, golf uh virtual golf things where like you hit like an imaginary ball and then it shows you where it would go and all that like to practice your practice your golf swing par 28 in Haverhill also has that they, I think they also have axe throwing but they you don't have but you don't have to do that like if you just want to go and hang out at the bar and have really good like bar food really good appetizer food mm-hmm. um, everybody that I've talked to uh, including Scott Ward on the Haverhill school committee says he's there all the time and he says that they're really great and loaded so we're going to have uh, for next week we'll have the ads on the front screen for all three of the new sponsors and i also want to give a free shout out to jg's ice cream and my good my good friend paul lambert whose uh, wife is not feeling well today hopefully she's doing a little bit better um but i love i love paul lambert um such a great guy and if you need an attorney um he mostly does like family stuff he does like wills and estates and he does like uh, healthcare proxies and real estate stuff, give him a call. And he actually works with our buddy, uh, Doug Mercurio at the Doug Mercurio Law Office in North Reading. So it, it, uh, once again, nice to see two of the people that we're, that we're affiliated with doing business and helping each other out. Do I have anybody else that I want to like just uh, give a free shout out to? I don't think that I do. Um, let's see. And I, and I never give a free shout out to Salvatore's. I love Michael Agricola and, and uh, Phil Wood over there. They donate food to TMF for the homeless. And then they donate food, and they come and they serve it at the Daybreak uh, uh, Homeless Shelter in Lawrence. And they're such good people that I try to eat there at least two or three days a week to try and help them out because they're always doing stuff to help out the community. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, so uh, in, in Lawrence, the personnel director has left the city of Lawrence. And for the last like uh, couple of months... Whenever I'm in City Hall, which I'm in City Hall way more than I should be <laughs> lately, um, but uh, but I'm and we'll talk about those on subsequent shows. Uh, I'm going to try really hard not to talk about encrypting scanners today and get myself in trouble. But uh, I'm in I'm in City Hall a lot, and for the last like I don't know a couple of months, the scuttlebutt, the rumor mill, the whispers were. 
we got to get rid of the HR director for whatever reason. And so they've told me, but I, I, I'm not going to just take them at their word, right? But a lot of people who are in the know and in charge in Lawrence were really unhappy with the personnel director in Lawrence for whatever reason. And if she was an elected official, she was a public official, I'd tell you why. But she's not, so it's not about bashing her. So she left the city of Lawrence. And I got a call last week that she left the city of Lawrence. Within an hour of finding that out, I got a phone call from the city of Methuen. Guess where she went? Guess who hired her? Neil Perry hired her. And from what I hear, maybe she's a nice person. Maybe everything that I heard is wrong. But I just want to say this. If anything that I heard in Lawrence City Hall is true, Neil Perry deserves her. Those two deserve each other, and it's going to be awesome. You know, the person that was also up for that job, Jill Stackland, didn't get the job. And that's really good for Neil Perry. He was really smart not to hire her because she's the kind of person that would tell him, no, I'm not signing off on this. It's illegal. No, I'm not doing that. It's wrong. And Neil doesn't like that. Neil wants people who are just going to kiss his ass and do what he tells them to do, no matter whether it's legal, illegal, doesn't matter. He hired Jim McCutty's brother to be an epidemiologist, even though he's not an epidemiologist. He has become everything that people who voted for him the first time around were trying to stop. You know, they were trying to stop, like, the inside bullshit that was going on all the time with people getting hired because of who they knew, right? And for those of you who send me hate mail every time I bring this topic up, I just want to say this. I know this person personally and and the person I'm about to mention personally, and they're a wonderful person. So it's not anything against her. But his personal nurse, when he was sick, God bless her, she nursed the guy to health. But then you know what he did? He put her on the city payroll. So, you know, like, not for anything, but, like, these are the reasons why Neil got elected the first time, because people were sick of people getting jobs because of who they knew, and people were sick of people getting jobs because they were related to a city councilor, or they were related to somebody who donated to a campaign, and then you look at what's gone on, and just in the last two years, he was so good when he first got in, and then he just got corrupted by the McCartys and the Sabres and the, and the people who are people who do the whisper campaigns behind the scenes. He just got so enveloped by them. And he was just so obsessed with gaining their friendship, with being on the inside, with you know, getting invited to all like, you know, the secret cookouts that happen and, and rubbing shoulders behind the scenes and making deals behind. He just got so enamored by that for some reason that now he has become everything. If you go back to his first campaign... And you look at all the things that he promised, he went back on almost every single one of them. Almost every one, including the police contract. Now, I'm not going to talk about the police contract today. I understand there was a city council meeting either last night or the night before. And the police, my concerns on the police contract from last week were addressed. But I can't talk about it because I didn't actually see the meeting. I was only told about it. And I've found out, I've realized over the years, that you never take someone's word for it, even if you think you can and they're a good person. They might have heard it wrong. They might have gotten something wrong when they retold the story. So I'm going to wait until I actually go and watch the meeting. And next week, if I don't have a guest, we're going to talk about the city council's answers to my concern about the fact that police officers in Methuen got a 26% raise while they were pounding their fist calling the previous contract criminal. Um, Let's see, what else do we have? Uh, All right, so Diana DiZoglio, our state senator, let me pull this up too. Do I need more time? Yes. Uh, Here she is. So Diana DiZoglio, she's been in office now, June 1st, she's been in office a full five months. We're going into her sixth month as a state auditor. She's already found millions of dollars in welfare fraud. 
She's already exposed all kinds of waste, fraud, and abuse. And the Democrat Party hates it. They really hate it. Because the Democrat Party narrative at election time is there's no such thing as voter fraud. What do you mean? These evil conservatives just want to stop feeding poor, hungry Latino and black children. That's what it's really all about. Well, she's exposed all kinds of voter, uh, all kinds of welfare fraud, and the party's flipping out over it. So one of the things that uh, we had in the current Valley Patriot, the new one comes out next Tuesday, so if you don't have one, run out and get one, or at least go online and download it and read it. Um, she has found in the Executive Office of Elder Affairs, they're a state agency that is supposed to investigate allegations of elder abuse, which in this state is becoming far worse than child abuse. People who are in charge of mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, who are siphoning off their funds, who are not giving them the care that they need, who might be knocking them around a little bit, uh, someone will file a complaint and that complaint goes to the Executive Office of Elder Affairs and the Executive Office of Elder Affairs is supposed to be investigating every complaint that they get. Well, in 2018, there was an audit by Suzanne Bump, whom we, who's been on this show and whom we loved to death, even though she's a left-wing lunatic. She did a great job as auditor. Um, they did an audit finding that the Executive Office of Elder Affairs was not doing their job. They were not investigating many, if not most, of these cases of elder abuse. Now, the Democrats run the entire state. How can that be? In a state where we're, a, we're literally a one-party state, even when Charlie Baker was here, because he was really kind of a Democrat. Let's just face it. He was. He had an R next to his name, but he was really a Democrat. He voted for all the stupid shit that the Democrats wanted, no matter what it was. And, and now we've got Mara Healy. So we are now, as we speak, a completely one-party state. Democrats control the governor's office, the state, uh, the, the state legislature, and the state senate. And the governor appoints the heads of the, the uh, executive office of elder affairs, the governor is in charge of the welfare department. She's the executive of the state. And the Democrats are running the state. And yet, according to Diana DiZoglio's recent column in the Valley Patriot, which you, really, you guys really should read. It's pretty informative. Um, here's what she says. Our most recent findings show that the executive office of elder affairs has not been performing monthly checks of the adult protective services system. This failure means EOEA is unable to ensure all incidents of alleged elder abuse are properly referred to the district attorney's office as required by law. Now, two things on this. Shame on them. They get oodles of money from the state. They have all kinds of people at mid-level management who literally do fucking nothing. They literally do nothing. They sit there and shuffle, shuffle papers all day. They, they play Minesweeper on their computer. They're sending emails on their phones. And I know this because I know people over there. And I'm not saying everyone over there sucks. I'm, I'm, please don't. Oh, I'm, I get so tired of reading emails when I make a comment about something. And the emailer is, is portraying my statements as an all-encompassing statement, right? Um, like when I say I'm not, I'm not a big fan of public school teachers, that doesn't mean all public school teachers people, okay? So, like, like, get rid of the brainwashing and actually just listen to what people say. But I do know people over there, and I hear stories all the time. And because I'm so close to one of the people over there, I can't really talk about many of the things that that person talks about because it will go back on them. People will kind of know where I got it because very few people have access to the type of information that we talk about. But the bottom line is, you're a state agency that's in charge of making sure that elders aren't being abused. They are literally the most vulnerable people in the world. And why are they more vulnerable than children? Because children end up going to school 
and can tell their teacher, hey, mom's beating me up. Children can go to a guidance counselor in school. Children can go to like the bus drivers. They, they have access to people, but elders are shut in, right? Elders don't go anywhere. They don't have access to people. They don't have a, they don't have a vehicle to tell people, my grandson's kicking the shit out of me, or my son just siphoned off all of my finances, and now he's trying to shove me in a nursing home. And so when someone f- does file an allegation of elder abuse to the uh, adult protective services systems, which is the, which is under, which is, so you, the executive office of elder affairs is like the umbrella agency, and this is one of the agencies underneath them. Because government can never really be simple. It has to be so complicated because everyone, everyone has to make money. Everybody's friend has to get a job in the state. So they create an agency, then they create sub-agencies, and then sub-sub-agencies underneath that, and then everybody gets a job. But nobody, nobody does any fucking work. And, you know, this is the problem here. And Diana, she, she's, Diana Desoglio is, is making some really tough political decisions with what she's doing. Because some of this stuff's going to come back to haunt her in the next election because Democrats don't like it. Democrats don't like when you expose the fact that they're not doing their job. Whenever you expose a state agency in a one-party state, the people in charge always try to shove it under the rug, and they and they try to and there's always a conspiracy to conceal what's really going on, because they don't want the money flow to stop because they have more friends that need jobs, they have more relatives that need jobs, and if you don't believe me, just look at what happened during COVID with the old folks home in, uh, old soldiers home in Holyoke, the guy that ran that that was responsible for a hundred deaths, he was the daughter of a political donor of the governor. He had no experience doing that, but he got the job because he was, his mother was friends with Charlie Baker and gave him money. And so when I tell you these things, I'm, this isn't just like me spouting off and not really kind of knowing what I'm talking about from some right-wing perspective. It's really from just seeing what's going on and knowing lots of people. I mean, I, I literally must talk to like 100 people a week. Sometimes I'll run into somebody and they'll go, hey, Tom, and I don't know who they are because I, I talk to so many people all the time and I'm out so much that like I recognize that I know them from somewhere, but I just don't remember where. So Diana Zoglio uh, is, has released this uh, fi- audit finding and there's going to be another audit on top of this. But let me just add the second part to this. Even when the Executive Office of Elder Affairs does their job, even when they do refer to the district attorney's offices or the attorney general's offices about elder abuse, most of the time, and I'm going to say very liberally 80% of the time from my calculation, just from pure observance, about 80% of the time they don't get, they don't get charged. There's no, one, there's no real investigation. They get it. It goes in a pile. They might make a few phone calls, but it doesn't really get investigated like if you robbed a bank. And so... The fact that now so many more people are not getting reported, so many more incidents aren't being investigated by the EEOC, the EEOEC, whatever, EOEA, you know, government speak, right? Because there's so many people not being investigated for this, that's even fewer people, which means more people are getting away with knocking around grandpa. More people are getting away with stealing grandma's money. And that's just wrong. And I hope, I hope the state reps that will watch this show and, and, and our state, two state senators that watch this show, and I know they do because they email me every week to tell me what they don't like about what I said. Um, I hope that they're listening and I hope that the legislature can do something because if you're in that kind of a position and you're not doing your job, there should be penalties. If you worked for me, if you worked for Amazon, if you worked for a two guys smoke shop and you're not doing your job, you don't have a job. But in government, everyone fails up. 
If you're not doing your job, they just give you a promotion because you're related to somebody and that's how you got the job. Shame on all of them. And good for Diana DiZaglio. You know, I have a lot of conservative friends that did not vote for her. They kicked the crap out of me during the election. Tom, she's so liberal, Tom. Right. But she's an auditor. Being liberal has nothing to do with being an auditor. She's going to do a great job. Now they're all coming around. Now they're all calling me going, yeah, you know what? We had no idea. We should have listened. She's doing a great job. All right, so we get that. And do we have anything else before I get into my big topic today? Because I don't want to, I don't want to forget it. Once I get rolling on this one, we're just going to keep going. I do want to free shout to Sevmar, Sevmar Restaurant. So uh, Jocelyn Maroon, who used to own Jocelyn's here on Twenty Eight, um, opened up a new restaurant. She's no longer affiliated with Jocelyn's. So her and her husband got uh, divorced. And I don't mind saying that because we, we, we published a story about it. We interviewed her. She talked about it. It's online if you go to the Valley Patriot website. So her and her husband got divorced. He kept the name Jocelyn. And um, so she opened up her own restaurant on Main Street in Salem. We've been there. They've been open about two months. I've been there at least a dozen times since. It's actually between Salvatore's and there. Those are like my new two, two new go-to places. I never liked lamb. Let's just talk food for a minute. I never liked lamb. Everywhere I've ever gone that they've had lamb, I've always said, you know, I've never really liked it, but I'll try this one, and, and I never like it. It tastes too gamey, and it's just not my taste. So I was with uh, my buddy Octavian uh, at South Mars last week, and I ordered the grape leaves. That's my go-to, and he ordered the lamb chops, and he said, why don't you try one of these? Because she, she, she brought out a plate that was like well, five lamb chops, and they were huge. He said, I'm not going to be able to finish this. Why don't you take one? And he put it on my plate. And I didn't want to say, look, I don't really like lamb, but I was like, you know, I, I don't want to insult the guy, so I'll, I'll, I'll at least take a bite. It was so good. That was on a Saturday. That was on a Sunday. On Tuesday, we went back, and we, and we both ordered the lamb. That's how good it was. Um, so I'm going to be actually, after the show today, I have to go there to meet uh, Jocelyn. So I want to give her a free shout-out. All right, now, what do we have here? Flip on the news today. And I'm watching CNN because that's what I watch all day. You, you need to know what the other side is saying. You need to know what the propaganda is. So I watch CNN. And people come into my office. It's so funny. They look up and they see CNN. And they go, you watch CNN? Like, you're a right-wing conservative. I'm like, yeah, but you got to know you got to know what the propaganda is and what the lies are to be able to combat them. So I'm watching CNN this morning as I'm – again, this morning really means like 12 in the afternoon. Um, the story is – so Florida and Texas have all of these illegal aliens. They're actually agents of the drug cartel. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. With all these illegal aliens, millions of illegal aliens since Joe Biden has become president have, have streamed into the country. We don't know who they are. Are they criminals? Are they child molesters? Are they terrorists? Are they agents of China? Are they spies for other country? We don't know, but we're letting everybody in. So you know all of, at least a little bit of all of those are coming across the border. And they're, they're coming in through Texas, through Arizona, through New Mexico, through California. And then the conservative states like Texas are busing them to sanctuary cities. Now, we've talked about sanctuary cities on this show a number of times over the years. Even when I did radio way back 10 years ago, we were talking about it. Sanctuary city like Lawrence says, if you're an illegal alien and you come here and you get pulled over for like driving without a license, we're not going to deport you. We're a sanctuary city. If you're an illegal alien, we're going to let you stay. If, if we catch you killing someone, if we catch you knifing someone, if we catch you beating your wife, kicking your dog, drunk driving, we'll arrest you, we'll put you through the system, but we're not going to deport you. So what does that do? That gives an incentive for people who are here illegally to go to those places. 
and the people who made them sanctuary cities, like the city council and the mayor, previous mayor of Lawrence, like the previous mayor of New York City, like, the, uh, like everyone on Martha's Vineyard, declare themselves a sanctuary city. They all get up there and say, we love, we love illegal immigrants. They're people, and they just want to come here for a better life. They're all valedictorians. They're all wonderful people. There's not one bad person coming here. That's what they tell us. So the conservative governors, like the governor of Texas, and, and a lot of them have ended up in Florida. So the governor of Florida have shipped them out of their state to cities up north and into California that have declared themselves a sanctuary city. And we saw what happened at Martha's Vineyard last year, right? Uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, sent them all to Martha's Vineyard, and they were so happy to be there. And you should have seen all the liberals. Go back and watch the video. It's, it's disgraceful. They're giving them food and hugging them. We love you. And while they're doing that, they're also on the phone calling the military and the governor to have them shipped off the fucking island because we don't want those brown people hanging around in our all-white, very rich, upscale Martha's Vineyard Island. Well, a number of these illegal aliens, I don't know how many, I'm going to say a million or more, have ended up in New York City, which is a sanctuary city. They themselves declared themselves a sanctuary city. And today, the mayor of New York is putting them on a bus and sending them to the white suburbs. So I wonder why that is. You, know, you have to... You have to really kind of wonder. In fact, really, you don't have to wonder because they're pretty open about it. Here's what's interesting about all this that's going on. We know what's going on. We know that this is the great replacement. But anytime you say that, they call you a racist. These right-wing racists say that we're trying to replace white people. It's just paranoia. It's a conspiracy theory. They were trying to replace white people in the voting block. But then when you go on YouTube and you Google Maxine Waters... Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Nancy Pelosi, they say it themselves. They say it themselves that the white middle class isn't voting Democrat anymore. And they brag that Texas, with the influx of all these Latinos coming in from Central America, we're going to be able to flip that from a Republican state to a Democrat state in a matter of 10 years. So they say it themselves. They admit it out loud. They say it on the record. They say it in front of a TV camera. They say it on the record on the floor of the House and the Senate in Washington, D.C. And then when conservative pundits go on podcasts or on television or on Fox News or on Newsmax and say, this is the great replacement, they're doing this on purpose. Oh, my God, you're a racist. Oh, my God, you're paranoid. That's just white paranoia. No one's replacing you. You must be a member of the Klan. But here we are today, put on CNN today. And watch the interview with the mayor of New York, who welcomed all of the illegals when he got elected. He literally went on TV and welcomed all of the illegals to New York City. Because they're such an open and affirming community. Well, today, as we speak right now, illegal aliens are being put on buses and sent out of New York City. So are they really a sanctuary city? Or was this a ruse? to get all of the illegal aliens to go to the urban areas so they could be dispersed to the suburban areas. Because you'll notice there are a lot of suburban areas of this country that used to vote Republican that are now voting Democrat. And I can give you a million examples if you want, but all you got to do is look at my hometown of North Andover. They are building enormous, enormous housing projects 
and they're calling them condos, and they're calling them, we all know what's going to happen. We've all seen it. We've seen it a hundred times. They build these huge housing complexes that they call condos that are for middle to upper class people, and then when they can't fill them, well, first, first they'll say, well, 10% is going to be low-income housing. And then when they can't fill the rest, then all of a sudden 10% becomes 20, 20 becomes 50, and the next thing you know, it's a housing project. Look at the housing projects in Lawrence. The housing projects in Lawrence were started for World War I veterans. They were built for World War I veterans. So when they came home, they had a place to live. And they could live with other veterans. Little by little over the years, it went, we'll give Lawrence money, the federal government, the state said, we'll give Lawrence money to make these housing projects 10% for low-income people and for immigrants. And the next thing you knew, that 10% became 20, that 20 became 50, the 50 became 70, and there were no more veterans left. In a, there's no more veterans in the Hancock projects. There's no more veterans in the stadium projects, the Essex projects, or the, which one did I live about, the Beacon projects. No more veterans left. It's all low-income people. It's all people on welfare. It's all people who are getting benefits from the state, and that's not to attack them is to attack the people that allowed this to happen. So let's get that right. We're looking now at millions of people coming into this country. The, the effects are going to be felt for decades to come. Look at the effects of, well, just look at, what's, what's, one, of the, what's one of the most popular movies ever seen? Scarface. Watch the first 30 minutes of Scarface. <laughs> They came from the aerial boat lift when Cuba opened up all their prisons and sent them all to America. They came here, and what happened? Now, Scarface is a, it's a movie. It's not about a real guy. However, those things did happen. It wasn't about a specific one guy, but those things did happen. People who were criminals in Cuba who were let out of prison and sent to this country came to this country and became drug dealers. They became, they became members of their own mob. They started their own gangs. They started their own criminal enterprises. And if you don't think that's happening now, and here's the one thing no one talks about, and I'm really surprised Fox News, Newsmax, all these conservative, uh, uh, so, so-called conservative news outlets never talk about this. We know for a fact that in order for these illegals to get over the border, they have to pay the drug cartels. The drug cartels that torture people, that traffic children, that rape women, that murder and torture people on a daily basis. That's their ply and trade. They are a drug cartel. And every single person that comes through that border has to pay the drug cartel to get across the border. You don't believe me? You don't even have to go to a conservative uh, media outlet. Go to CNN. And watch as they're cutting the wristbands off people as they come across the border. Those wristbands are given to them by the drug cartel so that when they're moving from country to country, the coyotes know who to bring and who not to bring. If you don't have a wristband, you're not getting in because these people, some of them are paying five to 10000 each to the drug cartels to come here. But here's what nobody talks about. What happens once they get here? Once they get here, the drug cartels, they know where these people's families live in their home countries. And they extort more money. The ten thousand is to get here. They have to pay another five or ten thousand dollars once they get here, and so they become agents of the drug cartel by force. I guarantee, you know. I mean, I'm, I'll give you that. It's by force. It's not like they say, "Hey, I want to, I want to work for the Medellin drug cartel." But once they get into that system, you're part of the drug cartel now. So all of these people who are coming across the border, Joe Biden is just opening the, just send them all in. We're going to send the military down to the border, not to stop them from coming in, but to process them faster. 
And that's Joe Biden said that, not me. That's Joe Biden said that. That's that's not me, you know, mischaracterizing things. So we're letting agents of drug cartels come into this country and then the drug cut and then they continue to be agents of the drug cartels once they get to this country. Now, I hear liberals all the time saying, "Yeah, but you don't want to pay $50 for a head of lettuce. You don't you know these are the people that are doing the menial jobs. You know, our economy would collapse if we didn't have that." Isn't that the same argument that the slaveholders made when Abe Lincoln proposed freeing the slaves? It's going to crash our economy, Abe. Abe, what are we going to do when we don't have anybody to pick our cotton? Abe, we don't have anybody to do our housework, Abe. You can't free the slaves. Our economy will collapse. And yet liberals today can say with a straight face, the same fucking argument that slaveholders used to keep slaves they make that same argument to keep slaves today because those poor people that are coming here, they're not free. They're not coming here to be free. They're slaves because once they get here, they still are owned by the cartel. And if they don't do what the cartel says, well, they just kill their family in Guatemala or Mexico or El Salvador or whatever country they came from. Because if you don't think that the, see, the government doesn't know who's coming across the border, but the drug cartels do. The drug cartels are vetting these people before they get here. And if you don't think that they're sending people here on purpose to destroy this country, then you're not paying attention. And it's either because you don't want to pay attention and you've been conditioned by your political party to just believe whatever your leaders tell you. And by the way, how's that worked out? Or you're just, you just don't care. And you just don't care. You, you know what? No, no, no. You're just going to make an excuse and you don't care. But the fact is we are being overrun. This country is being invaded. And the poor people who are coming here, God bless them, they're doing what they can. They're trying to get out of the poverty that they're in. They're trying to get away from the, from the drug. Mexico, Mexico is completely 100% controlled by the drug cartels. El Salvador is 100% completely controlled by the drug cartels. Uh, Guatemala is completely, although Guatemala is a lot better, but Guatemala is completely controlled by the, by, by the, by the uh, drug cartels. And we treat these countries like they're real countries. They're not real countries. They're criminal enterprises. And... We're allowing them to send their people. And, you know, when Donald Trump said this, the media flipped the fuck out. When he said they're not sending us their doctors and their lawyers, they're sending rapists, they're sending drug dealers. He wasn't wrong. And he wasn't saying everyone that comes across the border is a drug dealer and everyone that comes across the border is a rapist. But he could have because a lot of the people, if not all of the people that are coming across the border, are beholden to the people who got them here. And whether they're actual rapists and actual drug dealers or just doing what they have to do to make the drug cartel happy so they won't kill their family, the fact is they are agents of the drug cartel. And you look at how many Americans are sleeping in the streets of San Francisco, Boston, New York, L.A., Houston. You look at Americans who are pushed onto the streets because they can't afford rent, they can't afford electric bills. And these illegals are coming here and they're getting every fucking government service that we can give them. While we're sending money to Ukraine, while we're sending money to Brazil, while we're sending money to the Middle East, while we're sending money all over the world and our treasury is getting raided, what little money we have here for us is going to citizens who are not American citizens. Here's my proposal. I said this to Newt Gingrich one day when I interviewed him and he hated the idea, which is why I knew it was good. I said, if we're going to have all these illegals here and we're not going to deport them, fine. When they show up at the emergency room and they've got a broken leg, we treat the broken leg. But we take the bill... And if they're from El Salvador, we send the bill to El Salvador. And El Salvador doesn't want to pay it. 
Well, we give El Salvador millions of dollars in, in foreign aid. We start deducting that amount from the foreign aid that they get because most of the foreign aid that they get goes into the corrupt politicians' pockets in those countries. So the money that we hold back is going to be money that they're not going to have in their own pocket. It's not for their people. It's for them. So I said, why don't we do that? Newt Gingrich says, oh, no, no, you can't, you can't, you can't. And I, by the way, I love Newt Gingrich. I, I agree with him on, on most stuff. But on immigration, he's horrible. Um, no, 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 Tom, no, you, we really can't do that. That would be too, that would be too complicated. Well, what do you think's going on now? Right? You've got somebody, you've got X number of families. I don't even know how many it is. I'm not going to even guess on a number. You've got X number of families in Methuen that are here that have come across the border that are illegal that are now going into the Methuen schools. How about we take the amount of money that we're spending on those kids, we give that data to the federal government, and the federal government deducts that from the aid that we're sending the country that they came from. Because these are people who are citizens of that country, not this country. And that country and the leaders of that country are responsible for taking care of their own people. And if we have to take care of them, it's kind of like your next door neighbor beats his kids, so you take the kid in for a little while, you're going to take care of them. That family should, they, you should be getting compensated for that. You're taking care of someone else's kid, right? So how about... We, if we're going to let these people stay, I don't think we should for the most part, but if we're going to let them stay, fine. How about we build their home country so it's not coming out of, we have homeless veterans that we don't have money for. We have Americans that are sleeping on the streets. that We, don't have, we have senior citizens that are not even being investigated when someone abuses them because supposedly there's not enough money. How about, we, how about we start building these countries and use the money for Americans so that our streets don't look like Tijuana? You look at San Francisco, it looks like Tijuana. I went to Tijuana when I was a teenager with my family. I could not believe the poverty and the disgrace and the smell and the homelessness. It was sad. It stayed with me for the rest of my life. And now I'm seeing in this country. Are we really up? Is that true? All right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go over. I didn't think we were going to have enough to talk about today. But we did. I'm getting that look. Am I in trouble? Did I say something wrong? I'm going to have to go back and watch this and make sure I didn't say anything. No matter what I say, there's always someone's going to say, oh, he said that. That's racist. There's nothing racist. I'm not talking about any race. I don't care if you came from Ireland. We have an entire population in South Boston of illegal immigrants from Ireland. Go the fuck home. And if you break your leg and you're in an emergency room and we have to pay for that, the bill should go to Ireland. Period. It's not about race. For the Democrats, it's about race. Because their agenda is to get these illegal aliens to vote Democrat. And please don't email me and say illegal aliens can't vote. They can. They can. Google it and see what's going on in Lawrence in the last 20 years. All right. One of the guys' sponsors, I'm sorry for going over, Chrissy. One of the guys' sponsors, really long list, uh, EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Marson and Sun Construction. You can roll up Mel Zaney, Pesci, Law Office, McLennan Real Estate, Century 21, we did him. Uh, Tomo and Shake and Seafood. Borelli's Deli. Go get your go get your Diablo sandwich today. That looks really, really good. Uh, the harder, the better, too, I always say. Uh, Tomo and Shake and Seafood. Clear path for veterans, New England. That's who I missed at the beginning. I'm sorry, uh, Randy. Uh, the Doug Mercurial Law Office. AFC Urgent Care. Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Stacks. Part 28 and Loaded. And a free shout-out to JG's Ice Cream. Because even though they're not a sponsor, I love those guys. Those guys are really good guys. And thank you, Chrissy, for a fine, fine show. And our studio audience, who he literally slept through the entire show. But but thanks for being here anyway, Murphy. Appreciate that. Next week, I'm going to come in with clips from the Thuan City Council. If I don't have a, 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 a guest, I'll come in with clips from the Thuan City Council and let you know what their answer was to the 26% raise that the Thuan Police Superior Offices got when they told you it was 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, I think. Yep, he does, so go home already.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.